Welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Dahlin. Uh, starting off 2023, this is the first recording um, of the new year. With us today is what I consider the white whale of Swedish women's hockey, Oskar Alsenfeldt. Uh, welcome to the, uh, to the podcast. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. I don't know about the white whale, but uh, let's see what I can bring to the table here. Uh, it, you're, you were high up on my list, probably at the top of my list of people that I wanted to talk to about this subject. And what I thought, I got two things that I want to talk about. One is your background. Um, when I put my notes here, I put 16-year year veteran as a goalkeeper in the top leagues in, in Sweden. A little bit of uh, De- Denmark in the beginning. I saw an elite prospect. Uh, played some games with the Swedish national team, Trekronor. And uh, recently retired, I believe, from... Uh, full-time career with Malmö Redhawks in the SHL. Yes, that is correct. I was in Denmark for a short time. I actually stopped playing when I was a junior and they offered me, I don't know how to say it, but a lot of free time, a lot of beers and uh, (laughs) a few money there. So uh, I I thought that would be fun. And that actually brought me back to hockey a little bit. So I, I went a longer path to delete uh to say uh but I, I think that gave me some perspective so i'm really happy about that but if you think about uh, really low level swedish hockey uh, uh it's even lower in denmark so, yeah well we we've we've um i've got jens nielsen on my list here too to talk about uh denmark and of course the the, the national team and stuff over there. But but why don't we talk why don't we start with your background? So if we pull up elite prospects, uh and for you that don't know the the accent, uh you are from Malmö originally, right? Or yes. outside of Malmö? Uh both. I I I grew up outside Malmö, but I lived almost my whole life in Malmö uh, from yeah. juniors and up uh, until I moved to play in other hockey teams. What uh, What is your uh, youth organization? Okay, so Pantern. Yes. That's where you started. That's where I started, and there, that's where my kids are trying to skate now. So that's uh, bringing back awesome. <laughs> memories. Awesome. Uh, but let's start with your junior y- years there. So you... Um, how old were you when you when you moved from Pantern to to Malmo? I think I was sixteen. Uh, After ninth grade. Yeah, uh, when you started the gymnasium there. Uh, how do you say that in English? High school? No. Yep. Yep. So yeah. hockey gymnasium is is the equivalent of U.S. high school. So did you? So that was was it was it an NIU? gymnasium back yes. then yes and that's why i moved to malmo i think uh both because we were an actually really good team there in panther we we were the best in our division when we uh, 
we were better in Malmo actually, but we we lost the last game to move to the highest league in the juniors. So that combined with the gymnasium there, I think was the reason I moved to Malmo. Okay. And then I see also that you did play in the TV puck um, tournament for Skåne. Yes. Uh, and, and then, so, so that was the pivotal time then moving into to hockey gymnasium. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about your time in, how was it moving from the home? So Pantern, is that in Malmö as well? Or is yes. that, it is, yes. so both, both teams are in the same city. Yes. Two different ranks, two different organizations. Yeah. In a lot of ways, Malmö is a big organization. Pantern is just a small ring kind of where they focus on juniors and the youth. Yeah. Uh, is there an official partnership between Pantern and Malmö as a as a farm team, sort of, or or no? No, not right now. Actually, they they're kind of the opposite of uh, <laughs> uh, of that right now. But uh, a few years back, when Pantern was in Hockeyallsvenskan, the second league in Sweden, uh, they had a really good. Uh, yeah, they worked together there. And, and a lot of players from Panthern actually moved to Malmo and now okay. are in the SHL and actually the national team as well. So, but then Malmo or Panther moved down a few divisions because of the financials. And after that, they just move, moved from each other. Okay. So how was that for you to move in now from this team into hockey gymnasium? And as a junior player, of course, played both J18 and J20, but then you played at the highest level in what was called back then the Super Elite, which is now J20 National. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how was that? Uh, for me, I, I've never seen myself as uh, a player who's aiming for NHL or SHL or the national team. I... I played because I was good at it and I played because uh, obviously you think it's fun when you're younger, but that just moved on and I was good. And I tried to uh, choose be between soccer and hockey. And because I was a little bit better in hockey, I just like kept on playing. Uh, so, so for me, that was just like moving to a new school, the gymnasium, uh, it, it was never a choice, kind of. It just was the path I was chosen. So after a while there, I, I was just thinking, do I really want this? I, I've always focused a lot on my education and, and uh, I wanted to make money uh, pretty early as well. So uh, after first year in uh, J20, I actually um, quit played, playing. Uh, so, so for me, it's, uh, it was never like, uh, I, I, I think I wasn't that good to aim for like the draft and stuff like that. So I was just like, wanted to have fun, wanted to make money, wanted to focus on my education. So hockey, uh, I, 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 it came first because it took a lot of time and you have friends there. And obviously I'm from a hockey family. So it's just the path you were, you, you were giving kind of, uh, but for me, I was never, I, I never thought of myself as a hockey player when I was older, I think. Uh, it, 
it came later uh so so it was it was kind of easy for me to move to malma and a lot of friends moved there too from panther so it was just like normal life kept going the path was just this the same kind of that's what i remember uh yeah. not years ago but that's kind of what i think about now when you ask the question yeah and and i think that's really interesting you know they almost they almost left hockey that you or you that you did quit yeah i actually quit uh i i think it was when you're going to ga20 uh, last season it's kind of the preparation for elite elite like uh, everything steps up i thought i had a bad coach that wanted too much for me and as as i said i was kind of a rebel there and i wanted to do other stuff so uh i just said one day i'm not gonna go there um, yeah well so i stopped for like a half year or something and then this dad actually a, a former player of mine when i was younger uh, his dad was the sports director of this uh, second league danish team so he called me and as i said it was like eight swedes going there two days a week just had had a lot of fun uh played hockey two days a few games uh and as you know in denmark they always celebrate with a few beers after so just the culture there and playing hockey in another way uh was perfect for me at that time so did did that give you the boost that you needed that that kind of you matured a year but you also found the joy in playing uh uh yeah yeah i think so it, it was really nice to be really appreciated they, yeah. they thought i was so good so i could like <laughs> they, they they thought i was amazing uh and uh so i i think that gave me some i don't know confidence but also like just a feeling of being appreciated uh kept me going there and i wanted to play maybe one more year and then pantern called me and they were in division one at that time so the third league in sweden yeah uh, and they gave me like i don't know like ten thousand crowns a month <laughs> uh, and i i was working at coca-cola at the same time so to to have both salaries and you're like 19 something years <laughs> old living home i was i i usually say i was I'm never going to be that rich again, even though yeah. I make more money now. Uh, but just that feeling. And and yes, as I said, just uh, nothing to lose. I play there one year, see what happens. Uh, my dad was in the organization as well. So it was like easy, just go there. And uh, yeah, after that, just kept moving. I, I, I was really good in that division too. So that just developed. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your goals against average, and I mean, it's below three. Uh, and uh, and there's a lot of goals in that league. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that is not necessarily known for 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 his defensive prowess. So, but then, all right, I'm going to fast forward a little bit because there's got to be a time when you then, all right, you're getting some some looks and you're but but there's got to be a time internally inside of yourself you're like hey i can actually i don't have to work at coca-cola anymore <laughs> yeah like i think after first year in panther and i had a few questions from hockey elsewhere team and i said no to every one of them and my agent said i was stupid uh, <laughs> because obviously he worked for free back then and he wanted me to go up a level 
And after year two, it was the same thing. I just wanted to stay home, uh, do other stuff. So I said no to a lot of uh, offers. Uh, and also, or I think in the third year, after 10 games into the season, my agent called me and said, hey, I, I'm sitting on the stands right now with Vecco Lakers GM. And it's between first and second period. And their goal is uh, just let in like four goals. And he think it's shit. So he wants you right now. So you have to make a decision in like two seconds. And I, I think that was it for me. Because if I had more time, I would say no, no again. But it was like they were top of the league. It was like two hours from home, 10 games into the season. You just go there a few months if you don't like it. So I, So I was like, okay no one can pass this offer and everyone around me would say like, you're stupid. And I've already said no a couple of times. So it just was, okay, I have to go there. Otherwise people are going to say I'm stupid. So I went there and uh, I think there was the first time I realized what, what elite practice uh, was. And, and, and I really fast realized that this makes me a lot of better. And that's that process. It's what's, fun yeah so for me it's never about like having really fun on the ice i i don't stand there laughing uh, that's not why what's motivate me but the feeling of how you're getting better and how you improve as a person in that kind of stress situation has been my motivation throughout my career and that started in vecco so that's was like i i went there for a few months just to like see what it is kind of but that process started there well, and then the following year, re-signed with Vecchia and brought them up to the SHL. Yes. So it, it kind of took away my, my thunder a little bit here because I was going to say your big break. I mean, that probably was your big break, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, obviously. It went really good in that qualification uh, series. Uh, so I think for, like, elite, Swedish hockey that was my break yeah I mean uh, 954 save percentage 1.46 goals against average in the in the playoff yeah that's pretty good yeah I, I was good there <laughs> <laughs> well what I was gonna say though so because then you played uh full season in Vecchia and then went up to Mudo uh and played half a season but what I was gonna say of course was your big break was when you ended up in the hockey mecca of Lexand. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you were going to say that. <laughs> the, the thin red line in this podcast is, is something to do with, you know, I don't know if you listen to the, um, to the podcast with, uh, with um, um, House of, uh, what is it? House of Sports, oh, uh, Sportuset. But they have the Gretzky moment. My moment in this podcast is something about Lexon in every, every every time. But but I mean, I of course I lived over here in the U.S. for a long, long time, and and I stayed in touch. And and I remember. I mean, I kept I kept uh, good close tabs with with it. But but I I want to I want to before we move on to your current role, I just want to click on on that season. When you brought up, you were part of bringing Lexan up to the to the top league, and I'm looking at the players that was on that team in Hockey Al Svenskan in the second league. 
Michael Roffel, not a big deal, played how many years in the NHL? Yeah. Right. Uh, Juan Rino played with Faria Stodd, captain of Faria Stodd, I believe, right? Uh, first year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jens Bergenstrom, legend in Sweden, in Leksand, of course. Filip uh, Forsberg, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Just scored a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, just and then Patrick Hursley, who you played juniors with in Malmo, yes, also uh-huh. a pretty good player, yeah, pretty good player. <laughs> and then Jacob De La Rose, Tobe Forsberg, Matthias Timander, uh, Jon Knuts, yeah. uh, Pelle Prestberg. Oh my yeah. god, I mean, Allen and Alman Bibic, who are now, you know, yeah. Incredible. I mean, famous team. <laughs> that team is so full of of legends. Yeah. And 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 you're among them. I mean, you're you're. I mean, uh, that that qualification series went really good for me too. But I usually say that I didn't need to be as good as I was in Vecqua because we would have moved up either way with that team. Uh, we could score. A lot of goals in a game if we needed. Uh, that was not the case in Vecchio. We needed to win by one or something. So that yeah. was, uh, yeah, like we we were better in the SHL, SHL team coming down. So so yeah. it was, yeah. No, and it's it's funny, but then of course you you stayed in. So of course you got to play with the national team, and then you've been, and then you went back to Malmo and played. But you had an incredible career. I mean, uh, for so many years uh, in 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 these places, and I think that history will show that that you're going to be looked upon as as just one of the top goalies of all time in SHL. Uh, maybe not up there that got the recognition at the national team level, but but you know what I consider the embodiment of of an SHL. Uh, uh, star uh, in my eyes, so and almost didn't make it there. I just think that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Kind words. I mean, uh, I don't know about that, but for me, when I'm looking back now, it's pretty early still since I quit. But uh, for me, the, the hardest thing has always been to be good for a long time. I mean, there's a lot of goalies that comes up and are so good. One two seasons, maybe once after one season, they go to uh, NHL or AHL to try it out there and they come back and they, they and they can't compete uh, again. Uh, and, and they're like, they have a few years. And But to be like starting goalie for a lot of years in a league that good is hard because there's so many guys who want your job. So for me, looking back uh, to have been defending that position for a long time is is kind of what i'm most proud about because it's 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 like uh as uh as like when you're uh uh putting up good results uh uh, uh everyone wants more of you and everyone uh, thinks it's easy for you to be up there uh so that's that balance to control 
uh, like other people's emotions uh, with your own emotions and and in that balance find a way to really put up good results and, and don't make any mistake for a long time that's that's for me the harder thing for a goalie yeah no i think it's uh it's it's definitely uh um it's definitely interesting here and and <clears throat> i see uh uh, I see then that the, the last year, how, how was that at the end here to kind of, I mean, at some point you've been in it for so long, you, you, you make a decision to, okay, now I'm, is, is it the challenge that, that the other challenges that drives you as an individual over outweighs the, the challenge of, of pushing yourself in, in as a, as a SHL player? uh first of all i it, it wasn't my decision to quit actually i got fired uh and uh yeah for a couple of a lot of reasons actually that we don't need to go into but uh uh yeah but i think you're right there i think i've always like i said there in the beginning i, I i've been motivated for me motivation I have to be honest when I talk about it. A lot of people say they play because it's fun. And I, 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 if, if that's true for them, fine. But for me, I, I, I think fun in a different way. I think it's fun when I'm with my kids playing yeah. and, and laughing or when I'm out taking a few beers with my friends, laughing, having a joke, just relax, li like live in the present, like stuff like that. That's fun for me. Like there could be different fun. And I, I totally understand if you use that word. But for me, uh, I've been talking about I last couple of years. I'm my biggest motivation has been that like it's really hard to play in this level and to 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 always push you to always uh, being a position where you kind of st stressed out uh, and like it's it's a hard situation to play to play elite hockey and especially as a goalie so that has given me so much development uh for my for me as a human uh, and and that's been like when i realized that a few years ago i didn't need to have fun all the time i just needed to really appreciate uh the pr the process of it so so uh uh i thought in my mind that I've been doing it for so long now and I've been education myself for seven years beside hockey. So like you said, I, I was looking and then like had a feeling of now I want to do something else that it's really hard because I know this and I could keep on playing uh, and doing the same, but I, I don't have the motivation to, to, to keep on being better. I think. Yeah. I would have done one more year. My focus was on that because I have one more year on my contract. But uh, after that, I was I was pretty done with it, even though I couldn't back it up financially and stuff like that. I needed to find ways to motivate me uh, and do stuff that I uh, don't think I'm that good at it yet, but I know I can be. So, so kind of, yeah, always find ways that are stressful, but that you develop through well and i so that that segues really nicely um into kind of when you switch from i i i switch from your elite prospects page to your linkedin page which kind of goes into your current role you ended up now as the general manager of the swedish 
So SDHL, which is the Swedish Women's Hockey League. Uh, But the reason why they sought you out was because not because you've been a uh, a a very well-known player in the SHL, but uh, because of the the resume that you have built also because of your education and of what you're capable of, if I may say that. I think so. Uh, I hope so. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of people wanted a job, so uh, there was a process. And I think uh, my education uh, was, uh, I, I, I think it's hard to find an elite player that has more year than me in the school bench. And especially the last few years here when I'm studying Barcelona on a really good program, like kind of sports management. I think that was pretty high on their uh, list of uh, qualities. Um, uh, but also I've been in the board for the player unions and I tried to like find ways outside of hockey to, to, to develop. Uh, so, so I think that was, and I also been studying the, the culture of hockey and the, the place of hockey in society and stuff like that. And, in those questions, there is a lot about uh, equality. And I think uh, I, I could really talk about women's hockey and, and be humble about that. I don't know anything about it. So I think they like that kind of that balance. So yeah, uh, I hope so. I mean, uh, obviously, I, I, I'm a name in Swedish hockey. So uh, maybe that had a part. But I think they like my resume, as you say. Well, and you're also a young guy. I mean, it, it's not like you're 60 years old and old and crusty in the in the public persona. So it helps to get a fresh, young, smart athlete that can not just be a name, but also be a thought leader and and really drive hard. So let's let's go into that because so I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely frank and say I know so little about. Swedish so I want to focus a little bit on the kind of the angle of the next phase of this conversation on on the younger part of the athletes in Sweden but but I think it's an important one because I honestly don't know uh, enough details about it and the challenges that that they are but I can imagine I've coached several years here in the youth hockey in the U.S. and and you know and I compare the U.S women's hockey programs and parallel that to Sweden and, and I and I question well I really don't really know how it works but let's let's go back a little bit on talk about girls youth hockey in the traditional markets like Panther uh, do most of them start co-ed there in Björnligan or what's I don't know what what it's called but uh, yeah. Hockey school, I think they yeah. call it. Yeah, or, or a lot of organizations or uh, use Trekrunos uh, hockey school. Like they yeah. have a program from the federation uh, where they help out with stuff and, and they they get education and stuff. You don't need to follow that, but uh, most of the organization do that. So uh, uh, if you look at Pantern, uh, they historically they they don't have any 
like girl hockey at all. Uh, okay. That's that's what the history looks like. I mean, it's a really young sport, uh, and it's it's a guy sport. It's a white guy sport from the beginning, and you need to be tough. And that's that. It's just like uh, I think the uh, I think the first elite uh, league in Sweden was started two thousand. Uh, nine or something wow uh, but i think women's hockey was like uh, late 80s uh, beginning of nine 90s and and that those first all those first years it was just girls started to play hockey with guys and obviously uh, you want to play with friends all the way up so those years you just keep losing girls on the way up because there there's no junior leagues um there's no like like platforms all the way up and you want to play with your friends and obviously a lot of girls stop playing so you're all, all alone in the organization there's all there's going to be uh, different cases obviously with organization that's been doing it good for a lot of times and there's some organization that's uh, only focus on girls but Overall, uh, there's there's no platforms for the girl, or or it 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 doesn't have uh, it it haven't been like that, but it's starting to pop up right now, and I think there's going to be more question about that. But uh, uh, there there hasn't been the platforms from youth to to senior for the girls, so obviously you lose them all on the way up. Well, let's parallel to what you you said earlier about when you chose between soccer and hockey. And I don't I don't know how many people I've talked to this that that you know they played multiple sports, but then they said, "Well, I was actually I, I, I was I was listening to this was actually a Spit and Chicklets interview with Peter Forsberg, and he was talking about I was actually a better soccer player, but I chose hockey. So for the girl that probably plays the good athlete girl athlete that is 14 13 14 15 that may play tennis they may play soccer they may play hockey they may play whatever right and then they go into uh you know soccer is very established and i'm sure that it's a much easier path so to speak talking about the platform being already built in in women's soccer, where if you are a eighth grade, you're getting ready to go into high school. So ninth grade now, I'm starting to make my, I'm going to have to make a decision. Where do I want to go for school next year? Do I go for soccer, which is lots and lots of options, or do I go for hockey? What What is out there now? Because the bigger school, the bigger teams have hockey gymnasiums for girls, right? Yeah. So I know in Lexon they have one, but is it only the NIU schools that have girls programs for gymnasium? Yes, kind of, yeah. So if you are a top hockey player, um, so I mentioned offline Tuva Kandel as an example. Tuva played in Lexon all the way up co-ed, competed at the highest level at the U16 elite co-ed and then went into hockey gymnasium and i think she's finishing up here this year uh but then played right away in the sdhl 
Yeah. What's the typical, what if you're not a Tuva Candel that is, you know, plays yeah. on the national team? Yeah, like uh, right now in Swedish hockey or women's hockey, we have SDHL and then we have something called Division One or NDHL uh, under there. And then we have a Division Two kind of, uh, I don't know how to say it, but it's really, uh, or it's low standard uh, or and it's like girls and women that uh, they don't see a future in hockey, uh, to say the least. But uh, then we don't have any junior series. We have one right now in uh, the region of Stockholm, uh, Region Öst. Uh, so uh, what happens is uh, if you're good enough, uh, you uh, 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 either stop playing or you either stop playing or if you're good enough and you want to keep playing, you move to team that play senior hockey. So now we're in SDHL. We have kind of, I think, uh, don't correct me of the exact number, but I think we have like up to like 60 junior players. Uh, and in NDHL Division One, we have even more. We have almost like between 40 and 50 percent. And that's like 28 teams, I think, in NDHL. So we have a lot of juniors. So we have the platform to have four junior series across the country. But because of the history and because of it, it hasn't been that kind of many juniors before this. And the, the women hockey in Sweden, it hasn't been prioritized. So they haven't focused on how to build a system uh, that's good enough all the way up. But now the Swedish Federation, and we are in that too, uh, looking at how we can build a junior or four junior series actually across the country to have them stay in hockey uh, and to be like, have the ability to play with their friends still. And uh, it's going to be a transi transition time here when you maybe need to play juniors and NDHL at the same time. But in the future here, uh, and in, in pretty soon in the future, uh, we're gonna have junior series, so we can have more girls stay in in, in hockey, and also uh, uh, don't make them play senior hockey too too early. So what we want to do, we want more girls to start playing hockey. That's one job. Yeah. We want the 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 platforms all the way up. Uh, uh, the girls have an opportunity to stay in hockey uh, without like moving and playing with like older or uh, like I don't know with, with, with people you don't know uh, so, so, so you can have a safe environment to keep playing and, and then also we want uh, all the women in the league especially SDHL because I work there uh, to stay in hockey longer because a lot of players stop playing around 23 right now and yeah. we want like obviously we want them to play longer because we want to have more quality uh, and if you look internationally we we have a, a lot of like a big way to go to compete against Canada for example and one way to do that is to make them play longer uh, so so we don't face 30 or 30 years old Canadians uh, against 22, 23 years old Swedes, because if we just can keep them playing uh, and make them 
an environment that and 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 a sport that they want to stay in and that they can stay in like uh, financially uh speaking uh we can have also like like that's a circle we if if we can make them play longer they're going to be better they're going to be more of a like they're going to be profiles so we can attract younger players so we want everything there to move more smoothly now and make the system kind of work uh and it hasn't been done before because it is a young sport it hasn't been that many girls have, who have played before and also because it has been down prioritized by uh like the central part uh, and the regions that make decisions uh that's just being honest uh uh so i i think when women's hockey is more on the agenda right now yep. more people talking about it uh, more people are taking responsibility about it and we can also see that there's actually a, uh, enough girls to make these kind of platforms but obviously we need to keep them coming and we need to keep them in the sport otherwise we can't just like like moving the process fast enough as we want because we want to be the best team in the in the world internationally and we want to be the best league in the world uh so so if we want to do that we have to do all those three uh and we have to combine them and make the circle go round yeah and if i'm looking at so i pulled up on elite prospects exactly where you're talking about the if you search by the demographics on birth years in the sdhl there's a huge drop off from you know so right now the kids that are in the in the hockey gymnasium 060504 so you got 14 18 24 so it's a good number, but then 0302012000 it drops off tremendously. So I would imagine that there's a lot of them that are quitting after that. Yeah, or some of them end up going to the U.S. to play college. Yeah, we have yeah we have a few of those too, and and uh, I mean that's a, a, a fantastic system. You go yeah. there. Get an education. You play in like really good environment professionally. They 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 make the girls uh, like live in a, this professional world, same as the guys, and they develop and, and and they can get this great education at the same time. We don't have that system right now, so we can't compete uh, against that. But we can compete if we have a really good uh, elite league. Uh, then we can compete if we can have good good salaries. Uh, obviously, uh, not as the men's, but better than we have now. And also, we can get like collaboration with the universities. So, so, so we're looking at making the league a really good place for the player to be in it. So, so they don't think. Uh, okay, I like hockey. Uh, I'm going to play here a few years, but obviously I need to quit then because my life has to start uh, with family, uh, making money, uh, education, and so on. So, so we, so if if we if we uh, want to compete against college, but also now when the uh, maybe in a really good elite league in 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 over there uh is starting we we need to look at better conditions for the girls here so the best players in the world wants to stay here and wants to play here because obviously right now we have uh, a lot of uh, really good international high level players so we want to keep them here so the league is really attractive 
Yeah. So the the entity that you work for, the SDHL, uh, which is the league for the elite. So what's the partnership? So the junior league that is trying to get created, is that more the initiative of the of the Swedish Hockey Federation, or is that also an initiative that SDHL is focused on, or is that not the case? Uh, 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 both, uh, I would say, uh, because if I'm coming from the men's side, and, and yep. the first thing I recognized was uh, uh, the the how do you say this symbiotic? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's kind of different from the, the girls and, and the men because uh, like SHL, uh, they're, they're their own kind of way because they don't, they don't really, it, it's their brand is not getting hurt if the, the international tricruner is not making a result. Uh, they, they don't need to care about how many guys is starting to play hockey this year. Because it's it's still gonna work. It's, it's still gonna be this brand. It's still gonna be one of the best leagues in the world. Uh, but on the, on the women's side, everything it's more connected to each other. We need to have a junior league if we could have good quality uh, women and girls in our absolutely. League. And we need to have an international team that's really really putting up good results because we want to have more girls playing. And we need that, uh, like the profile of getting international results, but also uh, the interest in Sweden is coming a lot from the international result because of the national team is the face out kind of to the country. So, so I'm working a lot with the, the national teams and how to develop because the players are playing 95% of their time in the clubs. So how can we develop both the practice part uh, how can we look at Canada, what they are doing? Like, like how can we combine? So SDHL is kind of the middle there. Uh, and we also work for the clubs because they own the league. So, uh, <laughs> so everything is just it's getting together more on the women's side. So we are helping and we want to be involved a lot in this process of, of starting junior leagues. But it's on the federation's table. They are making the decisions uh, they, they own the question, but we 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 are pushing as well. We want to be in there, uh, uh, and we want to help them with this because we think this is something that we need as a league too. Uh, and we we are also like like I said, the whole combine the whole thing, SDHL, NDHL, junior leagues, everything has to work for us to have the girls play longer and and to have the the best. Uh, elite league that we possibly can have with the yeah. uh, conditions that we're facing. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap this up now with a challenge to all the listeners. And that is, it, so hopefully the people, so, so for your benefit, you know, half the people that are listening are from out outside of Sweden. And then you got Swedish people listening to this, but it's, I, I want people to go to your LinkedIn page and I just read this uh, in preparation, and I want if you if you look up Oscar Alsenfeld on LinkedIn, you have a link. You just posted the the what's called the um, uh, new the new. So it's basically the business plan for 
SDHL. And it has the vision, the mission, and the strategy. What I wanted to point out is that, and what I think is, is awesome, is that there's just not a lot, it's just not talk. There's just not, there's thought behind it, but there's also a, a, a clear strategy of, of, and some lofty goals in there. 25%, what was it, 2025 20, to have 25% of all players in the SDHL to be full-time professionals. Yes. That's a lofty goal, which I don't know what the percentage is now, but I would imagine it's much smaller. But yeah, it, it depends how you count that, what is to be professional. And, and should you count in only the Swedish player uh, or the international? <laughs> should you encounter the, uh, the juniors? Because we have a lot of them. So it's, it depends uh, how you count. But we are far from that right now. That's true. But we still think we can make it, actually. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that it's the other part about it is really the strategy, not just to have goals and have lofty goals, but there's, there's a path that is fairly clear. And, and I applaud you for kind of leading the charge. I know, I know there's other people behind you in this, but you are the face outward. And, and what I think what's needed is dialogue. It needs attention. It needs uh, collaboration with so many more. And the best way to do that is, is focus attention to it. Uh, because it's worthwhile at, at all levels. Uh, you have this gap now between the TV puck tournament and the SDHL. And there's not a lack of female athletes in Sweden. You know, they're just choosing to, to maybe go in a different direction. And if we can, if we can go and keep them the best athletes to choose hockey instead of soccer or, uh, you know, handball or something, um, that is the path to be able to get us back to, to, to competing with Canada and U.S. It, yes, that's kind of hard to compete with those guys right now. But I, I mean, we do on, on the men's side. Why can't we on the, on the yeah. women's? Yeah, I don't think it's that hard. I, I think it's a process. But I, yeah. I just want to say one thing. Uh, for me, uh, it's a, a lot about ed education, uh, Swedish hockey uh, overall, and the whole movement. Because I think we're looking at numbers going down, both uh, guys who start play in, in some regions, um, uh, referees going down, hard to recruit, uh, looking at audience going down uh, there's a lot of things you need to compete me compete against right now it's not just other sports it's a lot of things moving on it's digital it's so many things you need to compete so for the movement of hockey both in sweden but also in canada and so on to to help the whole movement you need women's hockey you need to open up that segment because without that segment, we're going to lose in the long term against other sports, other activities. So it's not about equality. I, I, I want to, I want, I, I don't need to use that word so much because you, you usually hide bes beside that and you don't do it hundred percent. When I talk to SHL team and they hide behind equality because they have a women team, uh, I, I don't use that word so much anymore. I, in the beginning, I only used it. But uh, for me, it's about financial sustainability. 
and it's about open up a segment and compete for the whole movement and you need women you need families and you need women hockey to do that so uh, we everyone needs to 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 uh, uh, like invest money and time in this and resources because uh, in the end you got you're going to make money from it and and you're going to need it for the whole movement so i think the teams the organizations the regions that uh, are willing to bet uh, money right now even though you're looking at red numbers maybe they gonna they gonna have a better uh, opportunity to compete against all the other organization and other regions and other countries uh, later on if they do this investi- uh, investment right now yeah. so so it's it's good to point out uh, the value for the whole movement not just the women's movement because the, the men and the guys need women hockey to move forward yeah and I, I, I think the better word than to use than equality is more synergy and i know synergy is an overused word a lot but i do think that it applies in this in this exactly what you're describing here's what i'm gonna uh i'm gonna commit to and that is we've been 100 percent uh, talking about ju- Swedish junior hockey and talking about the male segment. And 2023, we will increase, uh, starting with this episode, to have focus on, on the women in this sport for the same reason, for synergistic reasons, to broaden, to educate, to inform, and hopefully entertain a little bit as well. And uh, thank you, Oscar, for not just to bring Lexan back into SHL back in the day, 13, 14, uh, but for the, the, I could see the passion that, that you have for this. And, and I could see how that fits into your personality of what drives you, what, what, what motivates you. And, and no, uh, no doubt that, that that's exactly what we need and, and what SDHL needs moving forward so uh we will we will keep close tab on you and anytime you want to jump on and bring an update uh we're game thank you so much all right have a great have a great 2023 you too you too